Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Howdy and welcome back. I'm Mark and I'm sitting here with Sam. Yeah, you are. And as I said earlier, you're listening to a deeper dive. And uh, if you're not going crazy, if you're binge listening to this, we did take a little bit of a break of Daniel. Around chapter five, both Sam and I did some traveling. I ended up in Massachusetts and you took a little bit of a trip and then went to Pine Cove. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, so I, uh, I got to go to Egypt and help be part of leading a trip there with the devotionals. And then Pine Cove also long history uh, with that ministry, but so neat for me to get the opportunity to step out of the normal. Like so many of you are taking mission trips. They're really mission trips for my family to get to, to be part of sharing the gospel in different contexts. Uh, and so, so neat. Learn much more, I think, than I'm ever, ever, ever able to bring when I get to do that. Like God teaches us when we get environments like that. And then Andrew, our sound recording mate, he is in a big old band and he had a, yeah, a week-long is. camp they, they just got back from. So we've been kind of crisscrossing the globe, doing different things, and we got a chance to sit down and just talk. And so we're going to do that today, and we're going to look at Daniel chapter 9, because that's where we are in our Sunday sermons. And again, it, we we didn't miss the chapters. You can go back and listen to those sermons. Uh, Sam preached some of them, uh, Justin did, uh, Ben did, some of our other staff members preached some of those other chapters, but firstmckinney.com slash on demand. I was actually on there today watching your sermon that I missed when I was up in Cape Cod eating swordfish. Yes, I like to just say that. It makes me fa- sound, you know, a little more, I don't know. Famous and cool. Yeah, swordfish. <laughs> Who eats swordfish? Why do they call it swordfish? But anyways, uh, we're going to look at Daniel chapter 9 because that's where we just left off in our Sunday sermons. Yep. Uh, it's very powerful stuff, but again, we can always take your questions, and we actually have some questions today that came in while we took that little bit of a break. We're, and, and to update you going forward, we're, we're going to record a couple episodes in the next few weeks, and then we might take a little bit more of a break and come back. But we encourage you to share this, to like this, do all those kind of things, and let people know the resources out there. Because uh, to summarize kind of where we've been, Daniel, the first, uh, I believe it's six chapters, correct me if I'm wrong, is kind of more the narrative. It's mm-hmm. the stories you've heard about, writing on the wall, Daniel Lyons Den. Uh, we, we did the Queen, that was the last one uh, that you found that for Mother's Day. And then we get in 7 through 12, and we were even talking about 12 earlier today, um, and, and some of the prophecy stuff that Daniel's going to have dreams and angels show up and there's rams and goats and cats are talking to dogs and no, that doesn't happen, but all the other stuff is happening and uh, there's all sorts of stuff. But chapter nine, tell us what's going on in chapter nine. So chapter nine is a passage that gives us a glimpse into the prayer life of Daniel. And the prayer life of Daniel really has played a major role in the whole story. We see Daniel praying with his friends when he finds out that the king is going to kill the people, the wise men, if they can't tell him the dream and the interpretation in chapter 2. Chapter 3, his friends do not bow down and pray to a statue, and they're going to get thrown into the fiery furnace for that, but they choose not to pray to the statue. We see in Daniel's own life, he's commanded to pray to the king, and he does not do that. He continues to pray like he does every day, three times a day, 
praying to the Lord, uh, being thankful and, and requesting uh, of God in chapter 6. We also uh, know that in Daniel's life, uh, he was consistently disciplined to pursue the Lord. Where does that come from? It comes from his prayer life. So we get to see into his prayer life in chapter 9. And so the, the way we outlined it on Sunday, we asked what prompted his prayer, which is Scripture. Uh, he was reading in Jeremiah about the 70-year prophecy of the end to the tribulation, and that prompted him to pray. And not only did it prompt him to pray, but you were even saying one of the commentaries you read, 89%, one of the writers you looked at, 89% of his prayer is Scripture. And so it not only prompted his prayer, it was all over his prayer. We, t- we talked about uh, the uh, Martin Luther said, how do you pray with powerful prayer words? Well, you use God's prayer words. You actually catch God at his words is the way he said it. Postures, confession, more than half of the quote prayer is a confession prayer. Even though he's quoting a lot of Scripture as he prays, he's confessing his sin and also the sin of his people. You do not have to run from God with your sin. You can run to God in your sin and confess, and he does uh, his sin and the sin of his people. His request is mercy. He pleads for mercy, and then God gives him this radical response, a promise that he will put an end to sin, and then he actually puts a time frame for it, uh, a, a promise that God will end sin, uh, that he will atone for it, and he tells Daniel how long it will be until that's done. And that's where the 77s, and I will warn you, uh, for me, it's very hard to read some of this prophecy stuff because you, uh, for the listener, I will warn the listener, not you, Sam, but um, you're you're it's reading this, too, for the and there's all these weird terms and animals eating animals and horns coming out of nowhere and uh, all sorts of stuff happening. But just sit down and, and kind of work your way through that. There's some great commentaries out there, all that. Um, and just look through that because it's it's worth – well, let me just ask because this question came in a while ago, but why is it important to study the prophecy? So I think there's a big reason why, and that prophecy shows us that God is in control. Like we see in the book of Daniel, his theme, he always is pointing to God being in control. He's in control of who is in control. We see that first six chapters a lot, but that after, that also overlaps the second half of the book in the prophecy. God is in control. So that does not save us from pain. A lot of the prophecy points us to pain uh, during the tribulation period, but it can keep us from panic. We, we don't need to panic. In light of prophecy, we can lean on the fact that God, who is good, is in control. In the end, he's going to make all things right. And we see that all throughout the book of Daniel when he is bringing prophecy. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I do, does prophecy help us know when it will happen? It can give us indicators. Jesus even points to look at the book of Daniel to help us understand the times. But it should not prompt us to get sucked up into thinking we can figure it all out and we know all the things. Uh, it should instead push us to Jesus and who he is and what he has done and bring hope in our lives uh, that God is in control, a good God. And and I love math. I, I actually do love math. It's one of the subjects in school that I loved. And 
Uh, now, helping my kids with math, that's a little bit different. And, and usually, uh, well, let's just say it's a little more, you know, they do this new math now. I think that's from The Incredibles or whatever. They do this new math. But I cannot help my daughter with math anymore. It's she's this it's amazing how fast prayer. Yes. And we'll great. get back into the prayer. But this prayer mentions a, a few sevens, yep. 70 times seven and all sorts of stuff. And I know Sunday you tried to work through all the math and, and you were doing that. But I'm going to give you a chance to kind of explain to someone listening now. So in this prayer, when you go in and read it, there's a lot of 70s and sevens mentioned and all that. And there's seven weeks and you talked about cycles and, and sevens and all that. So kind of talk a little bit, and I'll ask you some questions that we that came in related to that. Yeah, can I, I'm going to read yeah, one of the questions. Yeah, go for it. Can you walk through the two slides? I think there actually may have been se- uh, three slides related to it, but I, I understand they may have texted earlier. I don't know. I don't, yeah, walk through the two slides of the seven weeks and seven cycles and explain why you believe what you believe. So I'm going to start, if it's okay, at the back end of that question, why I believe what I believe, and then we'll get into the sevens. Because the whole why I believe what I believe, I said on Sunday, there are two different primary ways to interpret prophecy overall. One is to see prophecy as figurative and not literal. And I mentioned that there's a whole other place in the Bible, and we actually had a question come in a few weeks ago that we might jump back to here in a second, Related to, in our Bible reading, we read recently that Jesus said, in response to his disciples asking, how often should you forgive? Seven times? And he said, no, 70 times seven. Uh, So was he actually meaning 490 times when you reach that, you don't have to forgive anymore? No. I hope so. I'm on like like 467 right now. With forgiving me? Yes, yes, yes. That's Yes, so I can stop here in a a few more. (laughs) Uh, I think you've probably forgiven me a lot more than that. I forgive you. Okay, 468. In fact, the slide he's referring to here uh, on our outline in this question, uh, Presley had to fix for me like 15 times this week. I'll count that as 468 as opposed to the other one. Okay. So figurative versus literal, uh, many take it as figurative, especially here where it's 70 times 7 because those are perfect numbers. And so some will think, well, just like Jesus 70 times 7, he's saying you need to forgive uh, perfectly and continually. And so they'll say, hey, well, when the perfect time comes, God is going to atone for sin and bring an end and ultimate righteousness and the promises that we read about in chapter 9, verse 24, that's coming. Here's why I don't interpret this passage just figuratively. Now, I could be wrong. Many people that love Jesus fall differently than I do. The reason I think it's literal is in the passage, we are seeing Daniel read prophecy about years for the tribulation, and he is interpreting it literally, and it did come to came to pass literally. That's the first reason why. Second reason why I interpret it literally is in the book of Daniel. We see kingdoms that are prophesied that are going to come, and you mentioned the goats and the rams and the the lions and Four beasts, leopard, there's all sorts of stuff. But even in the descriptions of those leopards and what came to pass in history, those prophecies played out literally in literal kingdoms. 
So I, I lean that way. And then finally, why do I interpret it with literal time, is he actually, when he's giving these seven times seven, tells us when the time clock will start, and that is when a decree has been offered to rebuild Jerusalem and the temple. And so that's why I lean towards a literal interpretation. But when you do interpret it literally, it's fascinating what you see. So then I'm backing up now in the question. Here comes the math. Yeah, so don't go- lose us. Yeah. Don't lose us. Yeah. Can you walk through the two slides of the seven weeks and the seven cycles and explain why you believe what you believe? Now, so they use the word weeks. So yes. let's start there. I'm going to yes. help guide this. Let's start with Thank weeks you. as opposed to... Thank you. You use the word cycles. So that's I think that's where the question you mentioned that in your sermon. Yeah. So why can't we call it weeks... Yeah. Instead of years and all that, talk so, that first. So some of your translations will use the words 77s instead of weeks. You can look back at a Leviticus chapter 25. The same word is being used to refer to groups of seven years as it is talking about the cycle of years through which the people were commanded to not till the soil every seven years and to give this... So kind of a harvesting farming type yes. thing. Yes. Okay. And as you look at even this passage, Daniel has been looking at prophecy of 70 years for the exile period. And so many believe that this passage, and, and actually most commentary writers now, because how radical it is when you look at it in years, not days... Many believe that this passage is years. I'm one of them. It doesn't say that this word can refer to groups of seven years as well, not just weeks. So that's the first thing. You want to keep guiding us? Well, okay. So the learning you took, and I might steal your thunder on this a little bit, is when you take those cycles, and I'm probably wrong because I don't have your notes right in front of me. It was Mm. 62 for the first one in the BC. So it starts at what? Year. So, uh, so again, it says the time clock should start when a decree has been issued to rebuild Jerusalem. There were three waves on the rebuilding of the city. The first two waves really had a form of a decree. The last wave was not a decree. Okay, the first one was rubbable when the Jerusalem was in. Fun word to say. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're listening to the car, say it out loud right yeah. now. Zerubbabel. Yeah. The second one, which is where I believe he's pointing, is when Ezra in Ezra chapter seven verse eight. King Artaxerxes issues a decree. Another fun one to say. Yes. And immediately after that decree, you actually start seeing stuff physically happen in Jerusalem in a, in a fast way. So the first, actually, group is seven sevens, which would be 49 years. And he says after that time, and he said it'll still be a difficult time, you can read all of this in verse uh, 25. It's going to be still be but after that time, the, the city will be rebuilt. So seven times seven is 49. 49. So if you, 457 BC okay. is when Artaxerxes issued the decree. BC being before Christ. Yes. 49 years later, Josephus tells us the city was rebuilt. And that's what year? That would have been 408 BC. Right. All right. Then he says 62 sevens. Before, and you look again in verse 25, it's going to be the coming of the anointed one. And I can't do the math on that real quick, but okay. I'll trust you. Yeah, so 408, uh, and you subtract the uh, yeah the rest of the year. So it's going to be from 457 B.C. to 
483. It ends right at 27 AD. Yes. Because zero doesn't count in the Yes, so if you, if you just do the math on your, your calendar, if you do uh, 457 minus 483, uh, you're going to have to subtract one more year because there was no zero BC or zero AD. And the part... And the part that gets you excited yep. is what happens in 27 AD, we believe. That's when most biblical scholars think Jesus was baptized and when he went into... And so his ministry begins 27 AD, and it was prophesied some 500 years before uh, that that he was told, Daniel was told, this is when the Messiah, the Anointed One, is going to come. That's jaw-dropping. Yeah, so from the decree to water to wine, because yeah. that would be the start of his ministry, there you correct? Go. Yes, yes. Right there is the timeline that Daniel talks about. Yes. Now, if you got lost in all the math or you fast forward, we're back there. So we're mm-hmm. at Jesus' ministry. We do the three years. We keep going. And then do we know the other? Because you, your slide said undetermined years, and then it had the 3.5 and 3.5. So talk us through the rest of the the years. So I've had people messaging me this morning. Actually, one of our D groups is doing a different reading plan than our reading plan. And they said in their D group reading plan this morning was the Ephesians chapter 3 passage. So in Ephesians 3, Paul talks about a mystery that was not revealed to the saints and prophets before us. And that mystery is that there was going to be a season where the Gentiles were going to become part of the promises that God gave to the people in the Old Testament. What is that? That's the age of the church. Now, Paul at that time didn't know how long this was going to last, but he was saying even in the Bible that we hold, they couldn't see this period of time. However, even though they couldn't see this period of time, even in the Daniel prophecy, he separates the last group of seven, the one group of seven. So there's seven years remaining that he separates out by saying after these first... 62 plus seven weeks uh, gatherings, there's going there's going to be a time where the anointed one is going to be cut off. So it's going to happen after 27, which it did. And who is the anointed one? Jesus. Okay. He was crucified. And it says after that time, they, the temp, uh, Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. So there's this period of stuff happening after that it even seems to be aware of. And then it says in verse 27 that the destroyer shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. So this one week is separated out there somewhere, and we believe now this is the tribulation period. That's the one group of seven. seven and are years. we in that one week? There are different people that would argue different ways. I believe no, not yet. I believe there's going to be a clear treaty that will be made either with the people of Israel or the whole world. And I had people sending me. I mean, there's there, people are always looking for this kind of stuff. But the UN is actually talking about a seven-year treaty right now, which is interesting. Uh, do, does that do, don't panic? Christians don't need to panic. Well, God is in control. That's, that's the yeah, theme of this book. God that's is right. in control. So I don't believe that. I also believe, and I think I could be wrong on this. I don't have a, a, a strong opinion on this, but I believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. So I, I believe that there's a good chance Mark Presley will be in heaven, and there are a lot of people who are going to wake up to the fact that the tribulation's happening when that happens, and many more will come to faith. So you Christ. like the Left Behind series? <laughs> there's stuff I disagree with in Left Behind. I've I'm, read most of it now. I'm uh, joking. Yeah, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, okay, so you got us through the whole math part, and it is, it's cool to see yeah. almost to the day 
that uh, it was happening. And I pointed people on Sunday to this, but I would encourage you, if you want to dive deep on that, uh, Alan Parr, The Beat, online, YouTube, you can search it. He has an hour plus on this specific prophecy that really helps you to dive deep into what all is being said here. And it's fascinating and really well done. Check it out. And and the key is here, again, don't get lost in the prophecy. Yes. Because it can go a lot of different ways. It, it has not happened. Yeah. The, the truth is here what we just said, that God is in control. Yeah, he's in control, and we can trust that he's going to make all things right in the end. Now, the real part of this chapter 12, you got in all the numbers, and we got bogged down in that. The thing was he was praying, yeah. and it was the model prayer. I love what you said at the very first. It was kind of my take-home for the day when you said— um, that things are caught, not taught. Uh, so they're caught, not taught. And it's really how I, I hope to raise my kids. that They see things in me more than even what I teach them. And so looking at Daniel, that's what you were kind of showing us, how he prays, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And so talk a little bit about what you saw in his prayer. Yeah. So for me, uh, just reading through his prayer, I just got excited because I was like, man, we've gotten to see that Daniel's prayer life had an impact, but we haven't really gotten to listen to him pray. And so for me, I kind of felt like I'm getting to like get in his living room and listen to him pray. And that's impactful for me, just like it was impactful for me to watch my parents spend time with God. And so I believe that one of the things that stood out to me in his prayer life, and for me in my own life, even the last few months, has been impactful for me, is that he didn't just read the Bible. I think some Christians go through quiet times where it's just reading the Bible, but he let the Bible really read him, and he then prayed the Bible into practice in his own life. He let the Bible drive the way he prayed. And when I do that, it, it and again, just not, Daniel didn't teach us to do that, but we get to catch that he's doing that. We get to see in his example that he's doing that, and it just encouraged me to do that. And uh, yeah, it was, it was good. So actually, one of the questions we received, in exile, Daniel turned back to the prophecies of God. Yeah. You mentioned Jeremiah a little earlier. Yeah. Um, where do you turn in God's Word when you need to get balance in the midst of transition or trial or tribulation? Yeah. So my my favorite book of the Bible to go through when I'm in trial or tribulation is Psalms. Uh, David is praying to God in so many of the Psalms, and I think sometimes we think the Psalms are just all joyful. No, we actually see more lament Psalms than we see joyful Psalms, and we see David being very honest with God about his pain, his frustration even with God. And so when I'm, when I'm in seasons that feel like exile, the Psalms is the quickest connect the dots for me in my prayer life. But I also think going to Jesus, uh, and one of the questions also was how does Jesus uh, overlap with Daniel? And I think Jesus overlaps with Daniel also in the fact that he prayed consistently. He, had, he prioritized prayer, and his, he would leave people to go spend time with God in prayer. He would wake up before it was light outside and go to a solitary place to pray. And so like Daniel, Jesus prioritized his time in prayer, and we can learn from looking at the life of Jesus, what does it look like for us to prioritize the prayer uh, for, not the prayer, prayer. Uh, Yeah. I will say specific to that question, um, sometimes it's more than just reading for me. There's a couple different music artists, I don't know, maybe Andrew's band has done this, but where they literally are taking the scriptures and singing it, mainly psalms, a lot of them psalms. Uh, and there's several kids' albums just because I uh, have kids that 
do that, but listening to those um, are powerful for me too. It kind of helped me through those tough times. Uh, We were talking the other day um, how my go-to verse is uh, Rich Mullins, Our God is an Awesome God. Like in good or bad, if I'm in the car alone, kind of my go-to song, which is you just dated wife, yourself. By I the did way. date myself a lot. <laughs> I'm an old man. Uh, I learned that more and more. You know, you didn't know my my boys have shot up taller than me, and I think I've said this on the podcast. I don't know. You don't realize how short you are till your kids pass you in height, and then you you're reminded every day I'm short. Like I'm really <laughs> short, and I'm not. I'm like five eight, maybe five nine if I get on my tiptoes. But yeah, they shot past me and. You go, man, I'm a short man. <laughs> so, yeah, that's awesome. That's... But I would say, uh, yeah, I dated myself, but our God is an awesome God. I could probably sing the whole thing. I won't right now, very, but um, yeah, yeah, it's good, really good. But yeah, so uh, I'm going to wrap this up because I hope that um, in the coming days, coming weeks, I would love to sit down with you and just talk about pro- prophecy good. and kind of do that. I know we're about to travel, so maybe before we go, we can sit down and, and not specific, but talk about it. I will say, as we see in chapter nine, yep. and that's specific, I even go back to, I believe it was chapter two in the statue. Yep. And you're looking at specific different empires that mm-hmm. we didn't know. And, and to just see how literal stuff happened, um, and some is figurative, but how some of that happened as Daniel predicted, as, da- as well, God predicted, Daniel wrote it down. That's right. You know, just to see all that. So maybe we can do an episode where we I think it'd be talk awesome. about prophecy. Awesome. Yeah, let's jump into that. And someone has asked questions also about sharing the gospel. So I, I want us to to talk about uh, the three circles we've talk, brought up in sermons recently and what, what does that look like. And so, yeah, we're, we're going to have some fun episodes coming your way. So this summer, again, our goal is kind of we're going to, uh, it may be a hit or miss on our part, but hopefully not on yours. Uh, but do subscribe if you do, because then you'll get notified whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Podbean or whatever you're on, and it'll it'll tell you when a new episode comes out. But hope to hit some of those subjects. I will tell you in the fall, join us back. We will be doing a new series. We're gonna we're in chapter nine, and you know we got ten, eleven, twelve that kind of go side by side. We were even studying twelve this morning, and the fact that God is in control. He is, you know. So hope you can stick with us as you're traveling, as you're in the car, whatever you're doing, and hope hope you get a little bit of a break, a respite this summer. Uh, but I'll give you the last word as we go. Yeah, God is in control. As we look at prophecy, God is in control. For Christians to know that there is a good God who loves us that is in control, it changes everything because there is a real kingdom and a real king. Uh, his name is Jesus, the Christ, the Son of God. In his love and by his grace, he lived a perfect life, died for our sin, rose again, and is coming back. Repent, believe, follow him and be part of his kingdom now and forever. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting QUESTION to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.